0: Coming to you live from Austin, Texas and the Queen City in North Carolina, this is the Good Faith Podcast for the month of November 2021. Excuse you, October as well. You're right, you're right. This is our turkey trot, our spectacular, our big eating festival, and your source for the news. These months, cotton candy lobsters return to Maine. When Joe Rogan softly whispers to his reflection in the mirror, blow me, he means it. Caltrain celebrates the freeing of Miss Spears. Tucker Carlson just outright doesn't get why America should be on the side of democracies. Jordan Peterson is a Shadow Stats truther. Austin gets another university. And Greg Kelly still hasn't figured out the stop buttons on the bus. When the wheels on the bus go round and round, they go round and round for thee, Greg. This month's advertiser, these months' advertiser, is the blockbuster movie Dune. It's got worms. It's got sand. It upset poor little Tim Poole. What else do you need? Carl, pop quiz. What month and year was the white woman writes a cookbook about noodles and dumplings controversy? And no Googling.
1: I know this off the top of my head. It was August of this year. Uh, I don't even have to look it up. That was August. (laughs) I have aged years since then. You know, we thought we were going to take a little bit of a break and be like, you know, October, November, nothing was going to happen in these two months. Absolutely nothing. We were going to be fine. No. Yeah, there was a lot. Oh, man. What? I mean, there was like national news. It's like, hey, did you know that infrastructure actually happened? That was a thing, I think. It did. It happened. It wasn't a fever dream. It Infrastructure week.
0: It's here. It happened, and it's gone. It's been a week since it was signed, so we can pick this up again in 40 years?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go drink out of my uh, pipes while they still got lead in them, because they're going to be gone soon. (laughs) Get, get, Get your lead while you can. Very much so.
0: One of the big things that happened this month was Kyle
1: Rittenhouse was acquitted. And we're not going to talk about the case specifically, but we're talking about the reaction to the reaction. Isn't that right? Uh,
0: This is a classic case of things fall apart uh, where nobody is happy. So first off, Rittenhouse is, uh, turns out he's a Yang ganger, which is fine. Many people are, Uh, but he went on Tucker Carlson's primetime, you know, Dictating what the conservative movement's going to be talking about show on Fox and said, if they did this to me, imagine what they could have done to a person of color who doesn't maybe have the resources I do, or if it's not widely publicized, like my case. Oops. Ah, uh, man.
1: Didn't he also say that he supports Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a- Weird, this is just like a weird. This thing just drives all over the place. It's That's it's going all you. sorts of places.
0: So I'm telling you, nobody's happy. No one's truly happy about this.
1: No, you thought that you had a narrative that was going to work perfectly for this case. Surprise. Take take all your opinion pieces and just light them on fire. Might as well. Left, right, center, gun owner, gun regulation type. I don't know what the opposite is. Everyone's mad. No one more so than the prosecutor. You know, just what a way to drop a <laughs> ball. Oh my god. Just an absolute nightmare. It, yes, it was. But yes, Yang Gang too. Yang didn't he come out in I've I've read of course Dangerous Thing to Read on the internet. Didn't he come out in favor of like funding things via Bitcoin and then just came out also as a hard NFT supporter? You have to. You gotta
0: cash in on, you know, these, like, if there's just oil sprouting out of the ground, you don't just walk by, you, you know, walk over with a cup and fill
1: it up. So as a reminder, for those of you who are maybe less Twitter and internet involved, people who have sanity still left, I don't know how you got to the end of this podcast already if you've been listening to us and not lost all your sanity, but NFT is what is known as a non-fungible token yep and correct it's like it's like a unique key that you that you own a piece of property on the interwebs mm-hmm. that everyone's all excited about like artwork or gifts or so many other different things like imagine that you had like I don't know. One of those like really, really creative, like specialty checks from back in the day, like say it's Garfield, and you just write a number on it. And it's like $120. It's like maybe that's an NFT, but really it's not worth $120. It's what other people think that Garfield check is worth. And it's also all digital.
0: Oh, it can be stolen super quickly. And uh like even your key can be stolen. My favorite yes. is Someone has gone through and already archived the entire, uh, what are they called? The stupid apes, drunk apes, dumb apes.
1: Yeah, yeah, cl- yeah,
0: yeah. There's a collection of funky looking monkeys in a cartoon style that someone's already just right click
1: save as. And the there you go, Bored ape yacht club. I think is what it is. And if ever like, Yeah, the board apes. They almost look like a knockoff gorillas to me.
0: They are, 100%. No, that's completely it. And, you know, Jimmy Fallon's getting into that Look, if I had Jimmy Fallon money, yeah, I'd do some stupid stuff with it, like buy... uh, not quite buy artwork, but just sort of saying that I did. It's weird. I don't get it. Well,
1: with an NFT, you basically just say that I bought artwork. You don't actually say, I have artwork. It's just that i i bought it and it's like okay great i'm just gonna take a picture of it and then i can print it out on my wall and then i will actually have it
0: those uh those uh digital r- photo rotating uh picture frames are
1: yes kind of nice they are
0: i mean samsung has a tv sized one Then have a tv it, At that point, it's thinner. It's thinner. It has like a frame on it. Like it's supposed to look like an actual like like thing you hang on the wall, not like a TV. It's also apparently not a good TV. Well, there you go. If you were gonna like use it as a TV, anyway.
1: Well, I, I, point I guess, is, I guess you can use that. I, I guess the, the the idea is that to use that Samsung sized. You know the tv picture frame to show all of my nfts as they scroll by or rather my own pirated copy pirated air quotes copies of of other people's nfts just to mock them as they just scroll past
0: either look either way you do it to to acquire art in this the digital art in this manner you're gonna feel smug about it
1: oh absolutely i actually i had a friend of mine who uh who did this whole narrative thing about nfts and cryptocurrency and it's basically um god i hope he doesn't listen to this podcast well no 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 it's it's a uh, well just because it was in the design stage but essentially what it, the artistic idea behind it was that it's a gun that fires off cryptocurrency <laughs> what and, and it was made in the style of like an 80s ad it was like, oh, oh, this guy's super hip and cool. He's su- he's better than his other college friends, and he's going to get the girl. You know, he's going to do it with this gun that fires off cryptocurrency at her. Look at all these Dogecoin as they fly by. <laughs> it, like, the concept art for this thing looks amazing. This guy is a sh- is a, just a sheer genius, so. Why are you just telling
0: me about this now?
1: Uh, because I just learned about it within the past couple of days. We have not recorded since <laughs> September. A lot has um, happened in two months. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Oh. But speaking of Rittenhouse, somehow... <laughs> speaking did, of our, our continual national nightmare... Speaking your continual national nightmare, I, there, and it's represented as four horsemen and women of the apocalypse, isn't it?
0: It's the usual uh, suspects of the dumbass caucus. We got Paul Gosar, Matt Gates, Lauren Bover and our my favorite, ugh, Madison Cawthorn! Yay! They are, all, they are all vying to have Rittenhouse on their congressional staff. Of course. Now, Gosar challenged Matt Gates to an arm wrestling competition. Dumb, boring, but you know, better than a coin flip. Fine. I, I'd pay $5 to watch it. Because mm-hmm. one of them is going to break the other's wrist and it's going to make me happy to see it. The other two, Bobert and Cawthorn, Bobert threw down a challenge to Cawthorn that, saying that whoever wins a sprint can have Rittenhouse.
1: Uh, isn't that a problem?
0: So, uh, you would think. So, for those who somehow don't know, Madison Cawthorn was in a car accident a couple years ago and is now in a wheelchair. And you would think, sure, <laughs> sprint, you need legs. No. You know. There's Paralympics and wheelchair folks racing that and you can play,
1: you know, you can do all kinds of athletic activities, mm-hmm. like punch dead trees in a wheelchair. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We went over the punching the dead trees thing last episode. Uh-huh. And I'm still not over it. I'm not over so it the either. First...
0: <laughs> the first uh, Games for the Paralyzed, <clears throat> which is the actual title of it, the Stoke Manville uh, spinal Injury Center in Aylesbury, England, was held in 1948. It started out with just you know general just speed things, just you know some physical activity stuff to for patients to to be excited about and to work on for getting used to um, their injuries. Now, it's a pretty established thing with uh, world records and even marathons. It turns out, so going by record times for men's, let's just, let's just go here for men's in wheelchairs and able-bodied athletes, the able-bodied athlete is going to win until 400 meters. Hmm. After that, it's a wheelchairs game. Hmm. So the 100 meters able-bodied, 9.58 seconds, 13.76 in a wheelchair. Pretty big difference, you know, almost four seconds. At 400 meters, it's two seconds, and then once you go to 800, the wheelchair edges out the able-bodied athlete by nine whole seconds, Hmm. and this lead keeps growing. If you do a marathon, the record for an able-bodied marathon is two hours, three minutes, and two seconds, whereas the record for someone in a wheelchair is one hour, 20 minutes, and 14 seconds. Dang. I know, and it, it depends also on what track you're doing. You know what track you're running. Are you, <laughs> you know, uh, elevation changes and things like that. But uh, so you know, if you have a lot of turns to do, like it could be problem that could slow a wheelchair user down. It depends. So whenever they want to have these this uh, congressional throwdown, I'm here for it. I I want to watch it. I'll go live. I'll tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um. Have it, have it up in Asheville. Let's do it. I, I will <laughs> go, man. Alive. I'm, I'm not going to dump a whole bunch of Duke's Mayo on myself like that one guy at the Duke's Mayo Bowl.
1: There. Um, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to take a pause for for a second here. <laughs> the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Duke's Mayo is, in my
0: opinion, the only acceptable brand of mayonnaise. Um, yes, I am white, and they. I'm white and I don't a, like
1: mayonnaise, so there you go. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. Uh, they sponsor a college football game every year now. And it's held in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And this year, someone took one of those giant... It was a gallon or like two gallon, Just like, like a Costco thing of mayonnaise. Threw that lid off and then just squeezed it over his head. And just took
1: an impromptu mayonnaise bath. He like he did like the Gatorade cooler himself, but in mayonnaise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Oh no. This is why America is great.
1: <laughs> this was
0: at a college football game.
1: Of course it was. <laughs> like I'm So. Uh I wanna
0: I wanna see somebody do that at the uh Rittenhouse
1: uh I don't know what you call it, <laughs> honestly. Like, like intern competition? Like hiring battle? I don't it's, know.
0: It's really, it's really strange because they instantly looked at somebody and said, he doesn't have any agency to pick who he works for. You know, if if let's say Cawthorn uh, wins and Cawthorn's like, all right, I won the right to have you as an intern. You can't say no. Here's $5 a year.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So, just go I work really for a,
1: just go work for a think tank on Capitol Hill, you'll get more money. Oh boy, which one? I there are, there are lots. I I uh-huh. uh, you know just look up the, look look them up.
0: Uh-huh. You're you're gonna, you're not going to say the the National Rifle Association?
1: I was not going to say the National Rifle Association. I'm actually looking up the do, do they have do they have their own lobby? Do they have their own lobby? Who? Oh, I was I was wondering if the mayonnaise industry had their own lobby.
0: <laughs> uh, whatever uh,
1: regulates chickens. Okay. It's just eggs well, and oil, isn't it? Hey, okay, so when I said mayo lobbying, it came up with Mayo Clinic, which is not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. You might show up with a serious medical condition,
0: and they're just. It's just a test and they, do, what, they, they just what they just recommend
1: to... mayonnaise for everything. Is that why they're called the Mayo Clinic?
0: You know, it might be like um, it might be like how Butterball every Thanksgiving and Christmas has a hotline you can call if you're yes. having trouble cooking your turkey. So if you're having trouble with your mayonnaise, you can call the hotline.
1: Okay, so you said the chicken people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, there is the National Chicken Council. Good. Which apparently in 2019 spent 430 thousand dollars on lobbying efforts. Seems pretty cheap. Ah, uh, their peak looks like was 2017 or so. Interesting.
0: They like, spent say-
1: <laughs> they spent 430 thousand dollars on lobbying for quote poultry and eggs. This is according to Open Great. Secrets. Look, if
0: I was going to be a congressman and some lobbyist wanted to come through, you're going to have to pay a lot more than that.
1: So, oh, this is interesting. Interestingly enough, the number of lobbyists on Capitol Hill peaked in 2007, according to Open Secrets. That's interesting to me.
0: That's when they had that giant uh, bribery scandal. Uh, Abramov? A- Abra, really? Was that
1: 2007? Look it up. Really? It's was Bush era. I didn't know that. That was 2007. I learned something today on this podcast. Man, look, well, I, there you go. I'm, I, wait, am I right? I don't know. I, I didn't look it up. I'm just still. I'm still fascinated by this chart <laughs> of of uh, number of lobbyists. Yeah, number of lobbyists and then total lobbying spending. By I the way, we uh, in the podcasting world, this is called vamping. Is it? Yeah, we're just totally going off script. Yeah, We're fine, not worrying about anything.
0: Ah, yeah. Uh, Abramoff, that was his name. Okay. And... hmm. This is saying that he had a Native American lobbying scandal. That must have been it. Anyway, yeah, that was 2006. So, yeah. Ooh. So the law must have kicked in the year after.
1: Probably. Well, there you go. Is there anyone interesting on this like top list of people who uh no what? it's all the get, get money for get money from the chicken lobby? Oh it's no I'm talking about the like the top spenders on Capitol Hill. It's all the it's all the usual suspects. I'm like, uh you know. No one on here pretty much stands out as like, oh, the chicken lobby. It's like, no, the chicken lobby spent chump change compared to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, weren't we talking about Rittenhouse at some point and then we got on to lobbying and chickens? This is this is all you
0: need to know is that he's a gang gang member. He supports BLM and there are idiots fighting
1: for him to work for them. Oh, but you know what? This, uh, this actually leads beautifully into the next segment <laughs> because oh, we, talked about, we talked about Yang. You talked about cryptocurrency Morgan. I have to tell you about Ted Cruz's brand new plan to fix the Texas electrical grid. Cause ERCOT, oh,
0: is it, is it spending, spending money to upgrade your infrastructure?
1: Uh, Was that not number one? Apparently it's not number one. So, this is... God, I love this. It's from Vice. Everyone's favorite news source. Mm. From October 13th, 2021. This is by uh, Audrey Carlton, who says, quote, Ted Cruz says Bitcoin mining can fix Texas' crumbling electric grid.
0: No! Why?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Texas's strained electrical grid failed during a winter storm that resulted in hundreds of deaths, which is true. Cruz says Bitcoin is a solution. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, maybe what he's pro- going to propose is that Texas uh, will spend money to mine its own Bitcoin and use that as, like, a public fund, perhaps, to weatherize uh natural gas power plants that froze during the winter storm because that was one of the big sources of electricity that was not working during the winter storm and in fact um one of the big things was not even the power plants but like natural gas pipelines froze which i mean we build them above ground here because it hardly ever snows here except in february when it did and life was miserable there was no internet no twitter for several days that was a rough patch but Mm -hmm. You might think, okay, maybe this is maybe that's where this is gonna go. And you'd be wrong, folks. It goes an entirely different direction. <laughs> so, in a fireside chat at the Texas Blockchain Summit, which we have to know who goes we, we have to go at some point to a blockchain Let's summit. Do it. Next okay. year. Next year. Okay, October eighth. The Republican senator expressed his faith that the mass buildout of crypto mines in the Lone Star State could add additional energy capacity to the state's grid in the event of a blackout or power shortages. Here's his justification. Because of the ability uh, for Bitcoin mining to turn on or off instantaneously, if you have a moment where you have a power shortage or power crisis, whether it's a freeze or some other natural disaster where power generation capacity goes down, that creates the capacity to instantaneously shift that energy to put it back on the grid. Hmm. So essentially, more Bitcoin mining means we're going to have more energy capacity somehow, which then means that people are just going to turn their Bitcoin mines off when it snows again, and suddenly we'll have we'll just be awash with energy. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be bold. Isn't that? Isn't no? That's not how that works. That's not how At that all. works. And here's the analogy that I like to use with that. I have a longtime friend of mine who decided that he was going to smoke about one to two pack of cigarettes a day. And I'd asked him once about this. I was like, you know, is this a little, like, dangerous to your health? Probably shouldn't be smoking as much. He goes to me and turns to me and says, no. See, what I'm doing is that I'm actually making uh, my lungs stronger by introducing them to all the nicotine and toxins. If I keep smoking... It'll just certainly get better. Like, I'm making my lungs stronger as I keep doing this, he says, as he pulls out another cigarette. And I just go, that's not how lungs work.
0: Is he thinking that you can basically add, like, a
1: a constant load
0: to the electrical grid? And then when you need more supply, you just take away some of that load and it's, like, letting go of a spring?
1: Uh, that kind of seems to be the, I don't know, implication if right. Tim Cruz is capable of that. Mm, he's but, a lawyer. I, <laughs> I, so. know, I know. But uh, as one expert put it, Carrie uh, King, a research scientist and assistant director of the University of Texas at Austin Energy Institute, he says it is unclear how adding more power consumers to an already stressed grid helps even if they can shut it off at a moment's notice. Quote, Mining is a consumptive use of electricity, not a generator. So this doesn't make sense to me. Well, King, it doesn't make much sense to me either. I don't need a middleman, brackets the miner, in between the generator and the consumer to provide electricity. So, eh, let's see... If I can vamp here really quickly. Bitcoin, electricity, usage. Bitcoin mining consumes 91 terawatt hours of electricity annually. Oh, that is more electricity than all of Finland, which is a country of 5.5 million people. And you know what? Their power grid works. Oh, and they have snow all the time. So maybe we should just just be Finland. Uh. We need more hydropower. Honestly, we need more of everything except for Ted Cruz's takes on how to fix the power grid.
0: Okay, so the monkey paw has curled. You said you wanted to be more like Finland, and now you're going to have another winter storm.
1: Ah, uh, nope, nope. I, I spoke too soon. That that, that paw's curled. <laughs> nope. We're not. We're. I mean, we're not going to get. We're not going to get the universal health care. We're not going to get the. We're we're not going to get like the nice, happy living standard outcomes. We're not going to. Not going to get the nice saunas. Note we're just going to get the winter storm. Ah, uh, that curled. Oh no! You should go. Ahead,
0: you should go ahead and buy like a pallet of ice picks now, so you can
1: sell them for fifty bucks a pop when people want to use their toilets later. Hey, there you go. When it rains, is the perfect time to sell umbrellas. Oh my god. Uh. Well, backed ourselves into a corner on that one. So, if you're wondering, the Texas power grid has not been fixed, according to the Electricity Reliability Council of Texas (ERCOT), and that. Some attempts were attempted to be made to fix it this year, but have not really gone a long a long way. They're saying that the state may be ready for uh, a winter outage in 2023, which, you know, sounds good, except that there's a winter between now and 2023. At least one. <laughs> Duh, yeah. Yeah. So that could be a one, problem. One and a half, as it were. One and a half, as it were. This is the Texas Tribune, by the way. Um, Mm. So, you know, there's that to look forward to. I don't know. I don't know. This is is an interesting solution that I don't think is going to solve much. But, oh, one more thing to wrap up my Texas news. So this happened, oh, you know, as all things right around the Halloween season happen, you know, something scary. So in the middle of not fixing our power grid, the state of Texas decided they were going to pass a new, what they call a new anti-critical race theory bill, which oh, uh, imposed that public school teachers, I think it's at least public school teachers, can't uh, essentially can't talk about current events or po- political issues. And there are some caveats about to that. There's one caveat about having opposing perspectives left and right. So the literal uh, interpretation of this law was something that a uh, administrator at in Southlake ISD came up with, which is if you are teaching about the Holocaust, you have to offer students with an opposing perspective. And then of course this caused outrage amongst uh, members of the Texas GOP, who said school administrators should know the difference between factual historical events and fiction. Southlake just got it wrong. <laughs> No legislator is suggesting this action, this administrator is promoting. Again, teaching about that, you know, that an opposing view of the Holocaust. Like, that's not the correct interpretation. There's a slight problem with that. And the problem is that the same people who passed this bill in the House and Senate were the same people who defeated amendments to that offered by the opposition, which said to the effect that this bill does not apply to the Holocaust. They <laughs> refused to put that in the bill. And so if it's not in the bill means that you know, you think that there should be an opposing view of the Holocaust if you read this text literally. Just, this is turning into a wonderful disaster. It sounds like the, uh, the aforementioned chickens are coming home to roost. Uh yes from the from the chicken council in the chicken lobby. <laughs> it's this this one turned up all sorts of different things but huh what's next? The economy? How's it doing? Doing hot, cold, you know, what 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 are you feeling, Morgan?
0: I'm getting all my investing advice from that pug that either stands up or doesn't at the beginning of every day. There's a wait. There's a pug that does this? You don't know about bones? It's a bones day or a no bones day? No. There's a guy on Instagram with a uh, this goofy-looking dog and he stands it up. And he lets go and if the dog stands up it's a bones day and if it just like settles back down to the ground it's no bones. Where a uh-huh. bones day is indicative you're going to have a good day. Like it's a good it's a good fortune day, right? Like it's a, it's a you know, good things will happen, go out, you know, ask that person out, ask for that raise, whatever. A no bones day, stay in, no big decisions, yada yada yada.
1: How many no bones days have you had in a row? So I'll
0: <laughs> admit I hadn't been. With it's uh look. I I don't have the best luck. Maybe it's not the best strategy. Neither do I.
1: So uh, he reminds me of Paul the Octopus.
0: Right, where Paul the Octopus was was what picking uh, soccer? Yes, he was. He was predicting
1: results. world. He was predicting World Cup winners. R.I.P. Rest awesome. in peace, Paul. <laughs> <gasps> he died. He died. He died in October. He died in October of two thousand eight. Uh, no, two thousand ten. Oh my god! Yeah, that is that is ancient internet right there, my friend. Oh no! <laughs>
0: what happened? What happened in the last thirteen years of my life? Where have I been?
1: Uh, well, eleven of them have occurred, I guess, okay. and then two are still in the future. Jesus, oh, it's okay. I mean, at this point in in the year, does math even mean anything anymore? I try not to think about it, and I yeah, build there. highways. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do economic <laughs> research. Oh, this is this is a bad time for 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 people to not have math. Speaking of which, we definitely. <laughs> Have someone this month who has no idea how the economy works, like most people, and then they have opinions about it anyway. So there is a uh Noted is probably not the word that I would use, but uh I don't know. I like it to be fair, checkmark. so yeah, check mark. There you go. I was gonna say distinguished, yeah. but check mark is more literal. Uh a congressman representing the great district of Tennessee number two, which I think is Knoxville knoxville all right there you go uh tim Bruchette. uh this is talking about in october of this this year it's about the great resignation where uh more employees are quitting their jobs than ever before and who knows you may be one of them soon you listeners out there uh tim bruschette
0: talking to me Oh,
1: oh no 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 not unless you want to Don't tempt me with a good time. (laughs) Oh, same.
0: I'll do this this full time.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, and make zero dollars. I'm going to love how that plays out. (laughs) Anyway, 4.3 million workers quit their jobs. We need to quit paying folks not to work.
0: That's not how it works.
1: That's actually really not how it works, because that's not how the unemployment benefits system works in the United States. I don't think it's ever been like that. It really hasn't. Honestly, you can even get fired
0: from a job and still be denied unemployment benefits. Like, if you come in just, like, you know, I don't know, uh, slap your boss right, ac- right across
1: their mouth, like, you're not going to get unemployment benefits. I think it's only if it's a in, like, an involuntary termination that's more related to the fact that you're shedding jobs than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think Pretty
1: it's... They it. like like call it's, it no fault. No fault, Yeah. You can't resign and collect unemployment benefits. I don't think so. Unless you're a CEO. Unless you're a... mm, uh... That's your C uh
0: that's a different set though. But like you know, different rules. Hey. But for for the rest of us without golden parachutes ready to, to pull the ripcord on. Uh yeah, you can't you can't just quit. Plus people are people are just taking they're quitting to take other jobs.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the big part about it, is they realize that I can get a better paying job. Doing something that's you know less soul sucking, and that's one of the great transitions that's happening in the economy and we just want to remind you that it is okay to quit we can we can be a nation of quitters oh, no we can get so far by being quitters. I'm just going to throw that out there if you have a great quitting story, send us an email or leave us a voicemail. <laughs>
0: The uh, phone number will be at the end of the show and the email is goodfaithpod at gmail.com.
1: We're really just fishing for material here, folks. Eh, why not? Yep. So, that's quitting. That's our spiel on that. Oh, but, Morgan, did you know that Big Bird got the COVID vaccine? Oh, no. Yes. Uh, Which one? Uh... (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Big Bird did not specify which COVID vaccine it was, because uh, it was. I don't those, know if PBS is
0: allowed to make make uh, like choices like that.
1: I, I guess they're not allowed to make a, a choices because that would mean endorsing one of the vaccines over the other. So it's just mm-hmm. I got the COVID. So according to Big Bird, I don't know how I don't know how Big Bird tweets. Like, well, not well. I know how I know how Big Bird tweets. You know, tweet <laughs> tweets. But I'm talking about like tweets with a phone that I got the COVID-19 vaccine today, which is November 6th is when this tweet came out. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. And then goes on to say, um, I guess Miss Erica Hill, who is a CNN journalist, even says I've been getting vaccines since I was a little bird. I had no idea, which is crazy because there actually is a, Sesame Street vaccine episode with big bird in it like really I, yeah there is it's from a while ago i thought huh like way they've been, like they've been re- they've been really setting this up for a while huh i guess i i i i heard that there was a big bird episode way or, or an episode of, Ses- of sesame street way back in the day where they where they talked about vaccinations like way before this so not sure but Everyone, uh, who is a usual suspect in our re- neck of the woods decided that this was government propaganda. Which, mm. I mean, it's PBS. To like they want people to get vaccines. Uh, my personal favorite, though, is the reaction that of uh, certain usual suspects, which say, "Oh." well, if little kids are listening to this, they're going to go to their parents and say, Mom, Dad, why are you killing me? Because that's what Big Bird told me. And I'm just going, that's not... I'm not sure that six-year-olds are going to make that logical leap there. I'm just just going to say.
0: I I bet Big Bird got one of those those Chinese vaccines, and that's why the kid's saying, Big Bird's trying to get me killed.
1: Well, I mean, in that case, yes. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man, no, 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 no. But... But I'm just telling you, it's, it's a tough case to go after Big Bird specifically, because you know, if anyone remembers 2012, Mitt Romney just out there just saying that, you know, he liked PBS, he liked Big Bird, but he got to cut federal spending. And that was the wrong target to go after.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's not a good idea to go after Big Bird because he is a Big Bird with violent tendencies.
1: Wait, Big Bird has violent tendencies?
0: What are the large flightless birds on this planet? They're emus and ostriches, ostriches and cassowaries. cassowaries, whatever. Cassowaries, yes, Not...
1: cassowaries, yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, they'll just, like, disavow you with one <laughs> of the claw. Now, I don't know that Big Bird is capable of this, but are you really going to try?
1: I bet there's been some fan fiction written about this. Like... If you if you are aware of any fan fiction of Big Bird as, a, as an axe wielding murderer, I don't want to know. know. I don't, don't want to know. I, I now want to know. know now I do.
0: Well, you can start writing it after we get done with this,
1: <laughs> or you can send us an email with your Big Bird fan fiction about being an axe wielding murderer at, goodfaithpod at uh,
0: gmail.com Dude, I will do a dramatic reading. It would be great.
1: Oh my god, that'd be great. We just have an episode devoted to that. Okay you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say we have all these checkoff guns just lying around on this podcast so if any of you smart people out there are listening to this just tell us to pick one of these up at some point we will do it <laughs> they're all loaded they're they're all loaded
0: oh yeah
1: oh and like alec baldwin learned sometimes they are live
0: <laughs> oh no. no i know i he's, went there he's, he's so sad in that this
1: interview I know. That was a that was a tragedy at the first rank. But also, I mean just ba- basically hearing off of that, just the idea of all of the people on that set apparently had just foregone all sorts of safety protocols and that the you're supposed to have a, an actual I'm just gonna paraphrase this, an actual armory expert who goes out and makes sure that the weapons that you're using are not going to harm someone else by yeah, you know, you know, accidentally containing live ammo. <laughs> which seems to me to be a pretty important deal. And that they had had accidents on set on this specific set for the specific production multiple times leading up to that event. Yeah, just, with the gun, right? Like, who keeps the, putting live...
0: Oh. Yeah, who keeps putting live rounds? Of, and it's not like... I don't know if anyone's ever seen a blank. They don't look entirely like regular bullets.
1: They don't like you should be able to tell the difference not super easily but fairly easily
0: oh my god
1: yeah that happened and uh, all the all the um all the uh, the prayers and best wishes to um, um her family because that that's just that's a tragedy all around and someone is going to get sued for that and they should up, oh, that's eep, my that's eep, my take. Eep. That's my take of the month. There we go. Hot take. Hot take. Someone should get sued for that. Anyway, uh I don't know. What what else A- any other rulings on Big Bird before we move on?
0: I think we should just jump straight to your
1: deep dive on turkeys. Okay. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So, it's November. October, you know, we the super episode and Thanksgiving, and it's time of a lot of food, a lot of family, a lot of controversial hot takes by your other family members that you don't want to listen to, but they antagonize you anyway. Inevitably, one of your uh, technologically deficient relatives asks you what is a Bitcoin and, or what what is a cryptocurrency, and you have to painfully explain to them what it is sometimes. But one of the things that's big at Thanksgiving tables is turkeys. And this subject interested me coming out of a different angle, out of a apparently a, a myth, an urban legend that was told to me by a friend of mine, and also popularized in a very big musical, which I've learned is a lie. But we will get to that. Because first, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about turkeys. We're going to talk talk turkey. Is that a phrase? Trot them turkeys out. We're going to trot them turkeys out. There we go. So, turkeys. They're native to the American continent. North and South America. Great things. There are two possible explanations for the name turkey, Morgan, apparently. One is that when Europeans first encountered turkeys in America, they thought that it was a type of what is known as a guinea fowl, which was very similar to was already being imported into europe by turkish merchants through constantinople so they associated Hmm. it with the country or the region of turkey so they called them turkeys the second theory is that um it comes not from uh turkeys that came from north america and then went back to europe but that turkeys, there's a theory that they were domesticated successfully in the Middle East and then they were brought into Europe after they were domesticated after being taken in from the New World and so that's why they're called turkeys lots of different ways this can go apparently William Shakespeare used uh, the term turkey cock in Twelfth Night which is apparently interesting to me Okay, it's been written in 1601 or 1602 so people were aware of turkeys by you know 1600-ish what was that word again? a it was a turkey cock okay carry on which is uh let's see so turkeys were domesticated in ancient mexico of course because they're native and then let's see here and then they were domesticated after that and we will get into domesticated domesticated turkeys soon because that's that's a whole thing in of itself because oh my goodness modern turkey get prepared for this folks so there's this whole thing. Why do, we eat, why do we eat turkey on Thanksgiving? And it's one of the popular theories, is that the, in the first Thanksgiving of the pilgrims and the Native American tribes who lived in the area, that they shared turkey. Now, despite what you may believe, there is no evidence that they didn't have turkey. The problem is that there's also no evidence that they positively had turkey because the accounts that happened at the time, uh, conflict over whether or not they actually had turkey. Now there, there was, uh, there's talk about how they had fish and they had all sorts of, uh, other types of, like they had cod or something like that, that they had for uh, the dinner table. They had venison. They had deer. Deer were served at, thanks- at Thanksgiving. And, uh, I think, Morgan, you told me one time that, you know, a good a good venison is just a great thing to add to your table.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, specifically
1: a venison cranberry pie. Ooh, wait, venison cranberry? Is that literally what it is? What do you mean? Just like venison it's... and cranberry? Yeah, is it really just venison and cranberry? Yeah. Really? You...
0: Yeah, well, you need add, like, a couple of things to it, but yeah. Huh. Interesting. I know I've told you this before, but I feel like everyone I've told in the last two weeks since I have come into having venison in the freezer again has been completely taken aback by the, the pairing.
1: Huh. I just... Well, you know, I don't. Sometimes hate you can it. find it in sausages. Yeah, I, that's that's true. I mean, that's just, but I, uh, just I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like
0: it's also true that you could dump two gallons of mayonnaise over your head at a football game.
1: Yeah, that's that. But that one is just shocking to me. <laughs> Why would anyone just? Uh, but, well. I will I will say this though, there's no evidence that they didn't have turkey. There's no evidence that they did have turkey. The best source that we have about uh, what was served at Thanksgiving is an account from Edler, uh, Edward Winslow, who says that the pilgrims gathered wild fowl for for the meal, which could mean things like geese, but it could also mean turkey, because there were turkeys in that area, according to uh whatever it is the people like like biological anthropologists, whatever that term is, people who know what I, know know what, know what they're talking about, please send me an email essentially, people who track the historical migration patterns of animals say that there were turkeys in that area so but the interesting thing about Thanksgiving is that again, it's a holiday that had a very slow incarnation uh the uh, it's widely believed that Turkey became popularized as a Thanksgiving a part of Thanksgiving thanks to the efforts of Sarah Josepha Hale, who is the editor of a magazine called a uh, Goodie Lady's Book, who would say that uh, Turkey was served at the ends of tables at uh, for the New England Thanksgiving. And she lobbied for a very long time to get Thanksgiving as a national holiday. And so she finally succeeded. When in 1863, President Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday. And so after that, what started was that uh, in, let's see, 1942 was when they finally standardized it under FDR and, and the Congress at the time. Uh, the, there was an act of Congress which standardized Thanksgiving as the fourth Thursday in November. And so that's how Thanksgiving made it. To national prominence, and that's how we have that famous Norman Rockwell painting. I'm sure you've seen it, where there's that old couple who's putting the turkey at the dinner table, and everyone is all gathered around and smiling, and it's good old American right. dream right there.
0: Right, and grandma who's holding the turkey
1: is supposed to fall over because it's something like a fifty pound bird. It's insane. It's it, like, <laughs> if, you, if you've ever like held a plate with a full turkey on it, it is not light. So that grandma is lifting weights in that Rockwell painting. Hundred percent. Oh, she's fit. Oh my goodness. So what else? Uh, I'm trying to think about other things for Thanksgiving, other than FDR, and apparently George Washington also celebrated at one point, but Thomas Jefferson did not choose to celebrate it. You know, all the all the usual stuff. So one of the things with Thanksgiving as a
0: holiday is that it used to be sort of a generic declarative holiday. Whoever was in, I guess you know, your governor or or even the president would just be like, we're having the day of Thanksgiving. It was, mm-hmm. um, it's, it. I believe it grew out of sort of the Christian tradition where they had all these feast days and whatnot. So um, it, it finally got nailed down uh, in the forties and here we are, but I still think we should have a, a holiday every month. And I think we're missing quite a few months without holidays. So we should really,
1: you know, let add a couple more Thanksgivings in. I think that that's a, that's a reasonable thing.
0: You don't so, have to travel.
1: I just yeah. want to be able to have Turkey more often. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things also is that, you know, why was Turkey associated with Thanksgiving? There's this uh, other, there are other theories that feed into literally feed into why that Turkey was popularized as as a Thanksgiving <laughs> meal specifically, and that's um, is that the birds were large enough to feed a whole bunch of people when you gather up for family. So it's not like chickens, where you'd have to have several Mm -hmm. of those. Um, And also, when turkeys were uh, I guess you could say domesticated at that point, domesticated in New England, uh, they didn't have another purpose, kind of like uh, chickens, where lay eggs. Uh, Turkeys, you just slaughtered them for the meat. And so it's like we have a specifically built animal designed to be enjoyed at a holiday season. So it's going to be the turkey. And then, of course, there's this theory that turkey was popularized as part of uh, when Charles Dickens published A Christmas Carol in 1843, because turkey at the time was a high-status bird. It's great. If you've ever seen The Muppets, it's in there. It's this whole thing where Scrooge sends the Cratchit family a Christmas turkey. It's a whole thing although i don't know if the muppet if there were actual muppets at the time in 1843 we will have to confirm that and get back to you <laughs> for the next episode yes for the homework, next episode Carl. yes that's my homework is did the muppets actually exist in 18 uh 43 for charles dickens no so i had to okay. i had to
0: look it up real quick cuz you said that turkeys don't have any other purpose other than being meat birds and you're kind of correct so there are some people that keep them like chickens and they do lay eggs. The problem with a, tur- with a turkey to lay eggs is they lay about two a week. Okay. So, so if you're relying on eggs to make money or you just really love eating eggs, you go with a chicken or a duck because they lay about one a day. Mm-hmm. Although everybody I know with chickens at the moment whose chickens are actually laying uh, are saying that they can't give away their eggs fast enough. They have too many. Oh. Yeah. So maybe they should get a turkey.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Huh, but you have to make the, some phone calls. There's a th- there's a thing about turkeys though. Is that there are wild turkeys and there are domesticated turkeys and they have really diverged. So at one point oh, I I know about some wild turkey. Oh boy. You're get, you're going to get prepared. get <laughs> prepared for this one. Well, actually, you know what? Should I go right. to this or should I do Ben Franklin first?
0: Oh man, just uh d- dealer's choice. Uh
1: We're you know what I got. What I get. gotta I gotta start with Franklin because you know because we mentioned you know the presidents and all that other stuff. So there is this um popular urban legend that was featured quite prominently in the uh very historically accurate musical seventeen seventy six. Uh anyway, um that Ben Franklin really wanted the turkey to be America's national bird. And I'm sorry, friends, but according to the Franklin Institute, that is not what actually happened. In 1784, Ben Franklin supposedly wrote this letter to Sarah, his daughter, where he complains or purports to complain about America's symbol, the bald eagle, where he says, for my own part, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen as the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. You may see him perched on some dead tree, where, too lazy to fish for himself, he watches the labor of the fishing hawk. And when that diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing it to his nest for the support of his mates and young ones, the bald eagle pursues him and takes it from him. The turkey, in comparison, is a much more respectable bird, and with true original native of America. So people often interpret the story to mean that Franklin wanted to replace the eagle with the turkey. But very early on, Franklin was on the committee as often happened, which designed the great seal of the United States way back in 1776. When of course, you know, there were other things that, you know, like declaring independence that at the same time, they decided let's have a national seal. And, Uh, There were several different proposals that popped up uh, and Franklin had his own, you know, each founder came up with one uh, that, but at the time the Eagle and the Shield was used as one of the national logos and they approved it in August, 1776 or this, or in and around that time, 1780, the project passed to a new committee by the time Franklin was off, you know, in France, smoozing with with all the ladies. And he did not play a part in it, but he still had that uh, role in helping to, if not approve, then at least condone the use of the eagle as a symbol uh, on the Great Seal of the United States. Uh, Finally, in about 1782 and 1789, the eagle was made the official uh, bird on our coat of arms. This became the de facto national bird. So there's a problem with this story, or rather with the myth. And that's, of course, all those people who wrote like, autobiography, the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, oh, well, he doesn't really mention it. Well, then there's the people who talk about the biography that they wrote. And you know, there's tons of Ben Franklin biographies. And there's also, again, as I mentioned, a Franklin Institute devoted to just studying Benjamin Franklin. My goodness, that's a lot to go through. Uh, They are the Debbie Downers who just go through and say, no, Franklin probably uh, took this as a joke. In fact, ironically enough, they think that he didn't like the idea of a national bird. He wasn't really into the idea of, like, a national bird, a national tree, national flag, a national anthem. Uh, He... uh, didn't actually propose that the Turkey become one of America's national symbols because their belief is that he didn't actually believe in these national symbols at all. He was actually using it more as a, a cover to attack the more patriotic, like very nationalistic organizations that were cropping up at the time, like the society of of the Cincinnati, which was a patriotic, uh, patriotic organization formed by revolutionary war officers who were very prideful of America of the American national uh, uh spirit and in this case they were really 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 elevating America and so Ben Franklin is sort of just their theory is that he's sort of just like kicking it down a notch just just like you know just denigrating these national symbols just because that like, he was well he was a patriot he wasn't very into that very uh, much more nationalistic zeal And so that's where the whole origin of the turkey myth comes from, is that these people think that he used it as a cover to attack the more radical fringes at the time. I heard about this
0: myth from a Jeopardy question. I believe it was the final question about what bird did Franklin want instead of the eagle, right? And this was probably 2000 or a couple years before. This was a long time ago.
1: Jeopardy better up their game because, mm, so that's the whole take, but I love this ending quote. So there you have it. Franklin didn't want the turkey to be the U.S. national bird, but it rather appears to have used the gobbler as a way to scoff at the Society of Cincinnati's uh, hereditary traditions and possibly even the idea of honoring the eagle on the national stage. Ashley Taylor, life science contributor just keep just dowsing that flame with a nice bucket of cold water for the rest of us but anyway so even though maybe the turkey is not the national bird it, it still has a lot of the, that American national bite because I don't know if you're aware of this Morgan, but on the turkey Wikipedia page there is an entire section called <laughs> quote, human conflict with wild turkeys <laughs> Okay. Which which starts off with this delightful line. Quote, turkeys have been known to be aggressive towards humans and pets in residential areas. Wild turkeys have a social structure and pecking order, and habituated turkeys may respond to humans and animals as they do to another turkey. They may attempt to dominate or attack people that the birds view as subordinates. <laughs> oh my god. And I kid you not, there is an entire white paper put out by the great commonwealth of Massachusetts which under problems with wildlife titled prevent conflicts with turkeys talks (laughs) about (laughs) I'm not kidding I'm not kidding feeding turkeys they have a subsection for that keeping bird feeder areas clean Uh, protect your gardens and crops of course aggressive turkeys (laughs) their first suggestion don't let turkeys intimidate you
0: they have hollow bones.
1: Wild like turkeys. That have become accustomed to humans and human-associated foods, like birdseed, are likely to lose their fear of people and cause damage or attempt to dominate people. It's just like, oh uh, don't be, th- don't hesitate to scare or threaten a bird. Uh, swatting with a broom or water sprayed from a hose. Uh. It's
0: just like the scene from Jurassic Park. Shoot! Ah!
1: Very much. Also, cover windows and shiny objects. I mean, just the whole gambit. Because there was a there was a separate white paper that was put out by, I love this, the U.S. Department of Agriculture in January 2018, which was Wildlife Damage Management, and it's a technical series, it's Wild Turkeys. This is apparently written by James E. Miller, a professor emeritus at Mississippi State University, and he has a rather extensive and quite well-researched 12-page paper on uh, turkeys. And the interesting thing about, well, he mentions this at one point, that, you know, the wild turkey population, you know, turkeys had been so slaughtered, I mean, there's no other way to put that, that Mm -hmm. in early 1900, there were fewer than 40,000 wild turkeys across the entire continental U.S. What? Now yeah nowadays, as of two thousand eighteen there are six point seven million of them. Oh my God, and oh, they can yeah. see color and they can see color they can fly too uh, quite extensively as well apparently what? i I learned this yes, uh wild turkeys can fly if startled, they may take the air or run flying they fly close to the ground, but they can travel up to a quarter mile at a time at fifty five miles an hour. That's These?
0: not what I uh I look I get all my knowledge from television. That's not what I learned on WKRT.
1: I'm t- I'm telling you wild turkeys are just crazy. It's well well here's the other thing about them too is that uh wild turkeys are highly social animals usually forming large flocks. Like you said, you're oh, right. God. I mean, this one mentions that wild turkeys have excellent vision. Like many other birds, they can detect color and variations in color.
0: They're notably difficult to hunt for that very
1: reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, The mean life expectancy of wild turkeys is 1.3 to 1.6 years. Mm, Well, they should stop being so damn delicious. I know. I know. So, let's see. Oh, where is this? There was a great section about this. We were just talking about like human/wildlife slash wildlife conflicts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there's this I want to s-
0: go ahead. I want to I want to in the spirit of quitting jobs. I want to quit my job so I could be the type of government scientist that writes papers
1: such as how to deal with a turkey that's yeah. coming at you. Yeah, these wild turkeys that adapt to urban suburban communities uh can become quite aggressive towards people. Uh rarely do they cause serious damage, although they often will chase and harass children. <laughs> 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 oh. stand, stand your ground, Timmy. Stand your ground, Timmy. Oh. According to the Federal Aviation Administration's Wildlife Strike Database, a total of 61 collisions occurred between wild turkeys and airplanes between 2000 oh and to 2017.
0: So they do fly. Oh, my God. They do.
1: I told you this. They fly.
0: I know. You haven't seen the, the WKRP bit where they do like a turkey giveaway on Thanksgiving? I, I don't think they so. Just, they just throw a bunch of turkeys out of a helicopter. I it guess. terribly wrong. Oh, man.
1: It's, it's dumb old TV. Don't oh, worry man. about it. Uh, like other territorial birds, wild turkeys were often perceived the reflection as an intruding bird and attacked the reflective surface. I love that. Oh, man. Turkeys must repeatedly attack ground-level windows on residential and commercial buildings. This behavior can go on for days or weeks. Holy moly. What? Yes. Do they stop? I, I guess when they destroy the bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, scratch damage left on parked cars and trucks. Oh, my goodness. So, no single method to prevent wild turkey damage works in all times or settings. Oh, how depressing. <laughs> Multiple non-lethal frightening devices or harassment methods are available for use with wild turkeys. Oh. Mylar tape is apparently a uh, a frightening device, including balloons tied or attached to strings. (laughs) Uh, Motion-activated sprinklers. (laughs) When applied at various locations and intervals, pyrotechnics can effectively scare off individual turkeys and flocks.
0: Of course it would! Pyrotechnics (laughs) such as Claymore Mines, (laughs) fireworks, uh, sitting, (laughs) sitting on your porch with a shotgun.
1: Yes. Uh, Did you know that there are 15 millimeter pyrotechnics called screamers and bangers? Uh, Probably. It just has this in brackets in this report. And I, I, God, I love this scientist. (laughs) Propane cannons are noise making devices. There is a picture of a guy with a propane cannon in this report. I am not making this up. (laughs) These are ways that you can scare turkeys that are harassing you. I want this job. I want this job so bad. So that's you just wake up and
0: you just wake up. It's November. You see that your kids brought home a hand turkey. that's on the fridge, and you're like, "I know what I'm doing this week at work." Fire
1: up the propane cannon, dude. Just gonna scare some birds. You got to make sure it works, right? Oh yes, I it, it better. So that's that's the modern wild turkey for you. That's a that's quite frightening. But in addition to that, the domesticated turkey industry is quite frightening, too, because I don't know if you knew this, Morgan, but we've developed a hybrid turkey that is larger and uh, fatter. Oh, than yeah. Wild turkeys.
0: They're they're what uh, they're. I believe the official uh, USDA designation is dummy thick.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, they're so, they're like the biggest they've ever been and they just keep getting bigger.
1: Well, you probably have heard about this then. They are now so big that they can't breed. They are so large that they can't <laughs> Um for, you know, uh sorry, this is a family podcast. I'm trying to keep this family friendly. Uh they cannot uh breed with each other. They're bits they're they're Aww. They are they are so large that their bits cannot get to each other. So no. so the domesticated turkey morgan is bred through artificial insemination. Woo! And that was first proposed way back in the fifties. So that has been happening for quite a long time.
0: Is this uh, is this where we get the term turkey baser? I. Mm, <laughs> oh man, blindsided!
1: Don't like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yes, this uh, you're if you if you bought a turkey and had it at Thanksgiving, just remember that artificial insemination gave you that bird. And, and honestly, <laughs> it, really was an, it, it really wasn't. It really wasn't immaculate conception. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: When, earlier when carl said that thanksgiving is partially about having to listen to your crazy relatives say crazy things you could be that crazy relative that could you be could.
1: you could raise this at the table and all your family will look at you like you're crazy but you know what you at least have the satisfaction of being right extra bonus
0: points if you go and grab the turkey baster from the kitchen drawer and just sort of Absent-mindedly squeeze the bulb while you're talking nope, about. No,
1: nope. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm almost done with this bit because after you, okay. after you are after you get your turkey and it's slaughtered, there's one final thing left remaining about turkeys, and that is that it is extremely dangerous to fry them. So much so that there are a lot of accidents each year with frying turkeys, at more than I thought there would be. But, Consumer Product Safety Commission, just let me know that hey, that this is a thing, and that there are a lot of deep frying disasters that can happen out there, and just remember that if you're gonna if you're gonna fry a turkey that you better stay keep it safe do please let it thaw before you if you are going to fry it just oh my goodness, so apparently since nineteen ninety eight the Consumer Product Safety Commission has reports of seventy five incidents that involved. Uh, turkey fryers and this was in 2003 so like 28 incidents a year in 2002 there's still and again i said this is 2003 there are a lot of these that are still happening and are still going on it is crazy and i'm just letting you know that this is still a thing and i actually looked at this year the top five states with the most deep fried turkey accidents and i gotta say that texas you're doing me another great one again because you come in at number one Woohoo! with the most grease store. and cooking related insurance claims on Thanksgiving day. <sighs> <sighs> so I'm just yeah, going to let you guys yeah, please, know yo. that you can oven cook your turkeys. It's fine. Just make sure that they're lo- that they're, that they have fluids. That- that- that's uh, that's not what you want to do though. You really want to smoke the bird. You c- Oh, well smoking. Yes. You can smoke the bird as well, but mm-hmm. let's just say that frying is generally a conspiracy and that you should you should try to avoid that or have an air fryer and air
0: fryer is going to fit a modern turkey
1: you'd be surprised at how big air fryers can get okay i mean it's not going to be like the like the um i don't know like the easy bake oven style air fryer where it's going to be you know like two a two two inch by two inch you know little bitty thing that you have somewhere else i mean they those can get pretty big they're also really expensive too so if your option is between uh frying a turkey in a deep fryer and you're and da- it's dangerous and a really expensive air fryer um i would just go out and get a pre-fried turkey from somewhere <laughs> make sure your turkey is completely thawed no one remembers that don't put too much oil in the pot also people don't remember that cook the turkey outside away from your home and other structures people <laughs> always forget that just like uh yeah. The,
0: the Alton brown tip is if you're if you're gonna do it Rick up a a frame ladder with a pulley and a rope so you can you will not mm-hmm. be near <laughs> your uh, improvised uh, house burning down device when you lower it in so if you do yes. screw up you're not gonna you know get sent to the hospital
1: which is why I believe that deep frying turkeys was a scam invented by the insurance Ooh. industry well they have to make payouts I don't know. Uh, So then who would it be? No, no, no. You know what? It's the it's the uh, cooking. It's the cooking fats industry. That has to be it. Because you have to because they said you had to buy a whole lot of oil for that. It's that has has to be that oil. I knew Jimmy Carter was behind this. There you go. It all it all goes back to the 1970s again. Oh, man. But that's Morgan. That's the that's the rundown on the on turkey conspiracies. There are a lot of them. Well, now we have nothing to talk about next year on Thanksgiving. So, well done. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something, <laughs> Morgan. You know what time it is? Uh, it's
0: it's uh, it's time for the quick fire round.
1: There we go. Do 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 with with blanks and not real bullets.
0: Oh no, it's a tragedy, Carl. You sent me this fairly early on. Uh, <laughs> out albatross albatrosses albatri are getting divorced like the birds the birds are getting
1: divorced because of climate change yes this and gotta love this this is an article in the bbc climate change causing albatross divorce says study (laughs) it's a research published in the royal society journal looked at 15,500 breeding pairs in the Falklands over 15 years. Just looking at a bunch of birds. Imagine watching one bird for 15 years. Albatross divorce is basically cheating in human terms. This is this is quotes from this article. Hey, these are very serious scientists up in whale hunting country. This... God, I hate this. Like humans, albatra- so it's albatrosses, like your, your first one. Okay. Like humans, albatrosses have an awkward growing up phase, <laughs> trying and sometimes failing to figure out the best way to get into a relationship. But ultimately, when they find a good match, they normally stick together for life. <laughs> Less than 1% of albatrosses separate after choosing their life partner, a much lower than the human divorce rate in the UK. These are quotes! <laughs> I am not making... I am just reading this verbatim. Oh, the BBC's really doing some, uh, some
0: moralizing here.
1: But in the years covered by the study with warm water temperatures, now up to 8% of albatross couples split up. Oh, man. There are two possible theories to the rise. The first one being linked to the struggles of a long-distance relationship. <laughs> warm waters force the birds to hunt for longer and fly further. The <laughs> theory is that how albatross stress hormones grow up in harsher environments, uh, such as when waters are warmer. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) With tougher breeding conditions and food scarcity, it causes more stress, and a partner can be blamed for their, quote, poor performance.
0: I don't know how much of this is just conjecture. Uh, I wonder about the health of the marriage of the researchers watching uh, birds for 15 years on a remote island, and if they're just projecting.
1: I just, this article was too much. This was, again, reported by the British Broadcasting Corporation. It has a full article. I'll tell you what else is too
0: much, Carl. The average donation amount to the Women's March for the month of November.
1: Oh, I mean, was it was it just like $14.92, which is a colonialist number
0: because that's when Christopher Columbus landed in in these here parts and kicked off a whole shit show.
1: Wait, so the Women's March apologized that their average donation was $14.92? Yes. 14.92. Uh 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 okay. Yep. I just All right. Apologizing for your own donors, I guess that's, you know.
0: And then it's, it's Thanksgiving, so it, it just brings out all the bad takes. Uh, just a lot of overreactions. Uh, the actual organization, Black Lives Matter, uh, says we're eating dry turkey and overcooked stuffing on stolen land. And the president of the Navajo Nation, Jonathan Naz, just wished everyone a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, that's wholesome.
0: So who are we... I had a nice Thanksgiving. I don't know what you did. Some people need to relax. It's a holiday. It's what you make of it.
1: I had, I had, uh, unlike, unlike the, the previous comment, I had well cooked Turkey Ooh. and a very nice stuffing. In fact, Ooh. it it was not dry. The Turkey was not dry and the stuffing was not overcooked. It was perfect. Cause it was made with grandmother Lee love.
0: She oh,
1: should pour a little wild Turkey over that Turkey to keep it, to keep it good. And moist. Uh, well, it could also be that she <laughs> plied me with a full bottle of wine, and I just forgot what I was eating at some point. That's fair. There you go. What's this whole thing with, with Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York? Bro, who even knows? At this point, she's demanding oversight about aliens. That's it. Wait. <laughs> oversight of uh, of the aliens, or oversight of our oversight of aliens?
0: Oversight of our of our sighting of aliens. Uh... Reports of unidentified aerial phenomena, because UFO isn't an acceptable term anymore.
1: Uh, it's a oh uh, no, oop.
0: I don't know. It's not as a UAP is not as exciting as UFO. Like the FBI, I mean, the FBI's whole not going to. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, the FBI's not going to send two reject agents to go check out UAPs. <laughs>
1: Right? Oh no, they're not.
0: Oh man,
1: I would love I would love a law a law and order like UAP, <laughs> just alien cops, just alien cops, alien cops and alien prosecutors. Did you know? Uh, this is a side tangent, but did you know that we technically uh gave ourselves we technically wrote a treaty which gave ourselves the entire universe, humans,
0: or the United yes. States?
1: Oh, the humans. Yeah, we we wrote a treaty together which said that. Uh everything in the entire universe is the common heritage of mankind. Oh. Wow. Common heritage and ownership. So we technically wrote a treaty which gave ourselves the entire universe.
0: We should check how that conflicts with the treaty that Eisenhower made with the with the
1: Greys for uh human test subjects. Uh tinfoil hats again. I didn't realize that was an Eisenhower deal.
0: Look, there's a lot of tinfoil left over from all this
1: holiday cooking. Oh yeah, like the one that, that JFK is still alive?
0: Uh, no you no, he's dead um super dead I don't know how to I don't know how to to break that to everybody well, there's,
1: but. there's that there's that whole group in Dallas who thinks to the, to the contrary oh or that some God. some Kennedy's alive it's, it's I know it's
0: jFk proper um yeah they that's it, it's slowly turning to a death cult and they're burning through all their money so it's gonna come to a uh poison flavor aid. Uh, end at some point nope. here shortly.
1: What? We're we're, we're not we're not going to go in that direction. <laughs> the only only good vibes
0: for the insane QAnon people. Okay,
1: I guess because speaking of death cults, uh, uh, we're going to talk about New Zealand. Hey! Yes, they they don't they don't know what a bird is. In fact, they voted for a bat as the bird of the year. It's very biblical. Just it is very biblical. The bat was winning, quote, by a lot, according (laughs) to the Guardian. The Guardian just phoned it in. The bat caused some consternation when it entered into the polls, being the first mammal in the competition's 16-year history.
0: (laughs) Right. Bats are not birds, because birds are not mammals.
1: Pretty much. Ah, God almighty. Ah, But rabbits don't lay eggs. Nope. That's true. Trump
0: did Trump. Trump laid an egg when he kind of, sort of confirmed that the P tape is real.
1: Yeah, there's this whole thing about there's a new Trump political group called MAGA, which is <laughs> Make America Great Again. Again, it's uh, which it's,
0: is they're they're uh, Money Python fans, you know, uh, MAGA- pretty much MAGA.
1: Yeah, why why? Why not stake your entire slogan on just something that you've already said, and then just slap again on it?
0: Because it doesn't matter. The checks keep coming. It's the perfect grift.
1: The checks keep coming, and they don't stop coming. (laughs) And they need
0: to stop going.
1: Yes, back to the back to the donors, and I hit the ground running. (laughs) Uh, We could make a we could make a smash mouth version of this. If if (sighs) everybody
0: needs to treat themselves to the mashup of that song i believe it's all-star right yes someone has cut it up on youtube every word separated it out with the associated video clip and then alphabetized it (laughs) it's Uh, it's
1: an absolute work of art it's a treat (laughs) uh but yes uh, at a Oh, isn't this in North Carolina? North Carolina Republican something retreat? Uh, yeah. He, he said, I'm not into golden showers. You know that the great thing, our great first lady, that one. She, I don't <laughs> believe that one.
0: Uh, what's her name? Uh, that one. Pick her out of that a one. Li- yeah. I wonder if you could pick her out of a lineup.
1: <laughs> I don't know if she wants to be picked out of a lineup.
0: <laughs> the only one with oh. her
1: back turned. Yes. Uh, Morgan, you need to tell me about this thing that you told us last time, which is about these escaped zebras.
0: Oh, man. Uh, So after a non-voting representative for D.C. said, I totally didn't let zebras escape uh, in D.C., what are you talking about? There's zebras escaping D.C. What the hell? It turns out the Girl Scouts have trapped and killed one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not a joke. It's real. It's, it's real. The zebra was found dead September sixteenth in a snare trap on a private property that officials said is owned by the Girl Scouts. It is illegal
0: to set booby traps on well, I guess snares hunting.
1: hmm
0: Huh. What okay. Zebras are large animals. Yes. You set snares for things like rabbits, you know I wouldn't think a deer, but like, you know, like rodent sized stuff. Beavers, right? Yeah. a a zebra is basically a horse smaller but like they're not insignificant animals what in the hell are the girl scouts doing with snares that will bring down a zebra ooh
1: i don't know i don't know what these girl scouts get up to i'm scared maybe
0: they're maybe they're like hunting people in a uh whatever the story is where the the russian yeah. guy hunts hunts man the most dangerous game anyway carl yes no is star wars cultural appropriation
1: don't morgan don't get me into this no i'm gonna go <laughs> hide in a hole yes go or no box. yes no. or no i no i don't don't want to talk about it <laughs> why why are we talking about it well you could you could
0: tell me why italian americans are not people and that excuse
1: having- me they're, they're Italian-ex. <laughs> <No. laughs> Americans face discrimination as Columbus Day is taken away from them. As reported on by the reliable One American News Network, OANN. Oh,
0: no. I guess I trust them to say that they are OANN, and that's about
1: it. Yes. Indigenous people already got August 9th, the day after Thanksgiving and the whole month of November. Yet the left now wants to take give them Columbus Day. The only day for Italian ex-Americans, not on our watch. It's high time we recenter the Indigenous People's Day debate on anti-Italian ex-discrimination. Like, how shouting Gabagool at your (laughs) Italian ex-friend is actually a microaggression.
0: You You should be able to go and, you know, get... They should really raise the cap on the unlimited breadsticks and soup at the Olive Garden.
1: But there is no cap. It's unlimited soup and breadsticks. Have you tried? Oh, that is true. I have never tried to break the cap. <laughs> but see, the problem is that you fill up on bread. They're going to cut you off
0: eventually. Well, they also don't want you eating a whole meal of breadsticks for free and then ordering no food. There <laughs> is nothing... No. Because they bring you the breadsticks with the implicit implication they will keep doing it whether or not you order.
1: But it's unlimited soup and breadsticks, so they're earning money on the soup. I haven't been to one. Like at, some, I at some point, it is cost At some point, it is cost-negative. But they're they're earning some money. They're earning some money there. But anyway, you know, I'm not about to find out. No, but you know what? I'm also not like to find out is that if you move to a small town, you may lose all modern conveniences. <laughs> right, like two day
0: prime shipping.
1: Yes, as oh whoever this guy is, oh Ben Dreyfus moved to Idaho recently and tell you that something living in a small town in Idaho because you know that idealistic dream of just return to the woods, return to. Good old traditional roots of the rural countryside. Turns out that Amazon doesn't even pretend to offer you two day Prime delivery. We're
0: even in Idaho because, like, there's some. It might be in a, like a large city where you still you're still not going to get two day delivery.
1: Uh, uh. Let's see. Is it Sun Valley? I don't know. Sun Valley is a city in Idaho. Yeah, there it is. It's a. Oh, he moved to a ski resort. No, like, God, you can you can live. I hate this guy uh he doesn't seem very doesn't seem like a uh too much of a stand-up guy to me but what about your good friend herschel walker because you talked about him last month i think oh yeah yeah
0: uh he was trying to pass off a rugby ball as a as an american football yes right now he's trying to pass off an anti sign
1: that's definitely not a swastika except all the arms are like needles
0: except it's it's exactly a swastika (laughs) it's you're not you're not fooling anybody you're not earning like cookie bonus points by being like oh i'm just persecuted like no you're not what's gonna happen is you're gonna die of some stupid preventive i so i hate hate it i hate it i get some mad
1: (laughs) uh it's (laughs) it's a thing but, but you know what's not making you mad? Because you mentioned this the very first podcast oh, no. that we worked on was Catalytic Converters. <laughs> You're talking about how uh, apparently this uh, former Forsyth Republican leader charged with stealing from church and threatening family. Chairman of the Forsyth County Republican Party, who unsuccessfully ran for Congress, is in the Brunswick County Jail. Accused of stealing motor vehicle parts and cyberstalking. I didn't know that. Whoa. Among numerous other felony and misdemeanor offenses. Dude, it just keeps going. Oh, this article just keeps going. The the In the Winston-Salem <laughs> Journal. It just, it gets worse from there. I know. Oh, it's, man. um... Look, just because we don't have the same
0: sort of, like, sunshine document laws like uh, Florida's got doesn't mean we're any less uh bunch of wild and crazy guys there you go i'll tell you it's it's uh, it's hopping up here if you know where to look anyway
1: <laughs> like church parking lots
0: yeah any anywhere <laughs> anywhere catalytic converters can be stolen i guess
1: we're i'm just gonna leave you know what I, there was an awkward silence and it's because it's the next one is just so beautiful but i'm just gonna jump into it quote Fed up with Facebook censorship, Vienna sends nudes to OnlyFans. <laughs> Woo! God bless the city of Vienna. So, this, Vienna's tour, Vienna's tour sport is on OnlyFans, and the reason why is because they that Facebook won't let them post artwork that has boobies on it, and they were banned for having adult content. So the Vienna tour sport's like, well, okay, we're just gonna start our own OnlyFans account. And it's uh, it's great. Uh, in social media, algorithms determine how much nudity may be shown and often censor world famous works of art, which is actually true. So, in the cultural metropolis of Vienna, the question can be answered: nude art is a sociopolitical and artistic part of our cultural history. And so, then they decided that the logical conclusion to that is that we are going to post a bunch of nudes on OnlyFans, which is which is high art. I will I will give them that. It's, that, it's that's, a, a, that's a, it's an extra level to it. It is an extra level. So, I applaud, applaud you today, Vienna. Woo. But also, as someone at Nike just straight up admitted to murdering a guy.
0: To be fair, it was 1965. He murdered a guy! He went to prison, got his degree. He oh, hid he it. went to prison for it?
1: He hid it from his kids, like,
0: yeah, yeah. He went to prison until he was thirty years old.
1: Oh, he earned a degree from Temple University. Uh huh, in accounting. Oh, I've been blown away by how positive the response has been. Blown away? <laughs> away? No, no. Oh, God. Uh. God help us all. Yeah, that's 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 a turn. Uh oh. Did you know that Morgan? that it's a seminal event that 10 years ago libyans lost as- access to free healthcare under Qad- uh, muammar Gaddafi. you know
0: what no healthcare is technically
1: free healthcare do they actually i guess
0: they had, I guess uh, well, had all that I don't, oil
1: i i don't know if you trust the the Gravel institute Oh gravel I don't. I don't know what to call them i think it's gravel they had, ac- they had libya had free ed- healthcare free education for men and women free housing and ultra cheap electricity mm-hmm. uh Libya under Gaddafi had some of the highest rates of life expectancy, literacy, and per capita GDP in Africa. Then, ten years ago, we killed him.
0: I, you know, look, Obama killed him like,
1: personally. <laughs> that is true. Oh yes, he 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 ordered the hit. That I'm I'm sure that the people who benefit, who really benefited the most from Gaddafi, were all the. Uh, swiss bankers where he stored he stashed his zillions of dollars in
0: oh yeah they used to pay his like uh, amazonian bodyguards
1: yes and did you know that then the, then they went to uh, they crossed the border of libya and then they started going into other african countries and destabilizing them <laughs> God, like I, I i read this a while ago and it was crazy like his bodyguards traveled into was it I keep thinking it's Mali, but I don't know if that's right. I think they traveled into Mali and they overthrew the democratic government there and started a civil war. (laughs) His bodyguards just like, I, uh, just, if y'all ever have a second to read up on Muammar Gaddafi, he is one of those really weird dictators in world history. Just a, just a character, but Gravel is keeping its eye on the ball. And telling us that a brutal dictator, you know, we should mourn his death. So, you know, fun facts. But you know what Gaddafi didn't do? Was I don't think he ever tried Cracker Barrel. Oh my god, not this fucking story. Uh, I can't, do you, have you, have I you can't, seen the video? Yeah, of course I've seen this video. I... Please elaborate.
0: Look, okay. What happened is some, some kids my age, millennials... I uh, went from New York City to New Jersey to go to a Cracker Barrel. We've never been to Cracker Barrel. Let's see what it's about. We're going to order the top five, you know, top six, like number one items that are sold at Cracker Barrel. Man, don't. It just felt like one of those hit pieces like, we're from the city. We're going to go see what the, the poor Southerners eat. And of course, it's oh, not the no. best. It's Cracker Barrel, but where else can you go? And Sit in rocking chairs out front, play old timey checkers. Uh, worry as a child about the farming implements hanging from the ceiling falling on you <laughs> while you're oh, waiting. Yeah. While you're waiting for your parents to pay for the check, uh, you know it's an experience. Um, the one, it is. the one by me that I haven't been to in probably a decade um, has an actual wood fireplace in a, oh. in a big one too. Like it's fine, right? It is fine food for what it is. But don't make this whole show of it. It reminds me, there was a, I believe it was Business Insider, did a series of looking at, like, southern fast food chains. And there was one where they're like, we're, we've we never been to Waffle House, and we're going to go see what it's all about. And they're, like, from the D.C. area, and they drive to into Virginia, and it's just a whole bunch of, like, Wow, I can't believe it's not terrible.
1: It's actually (laughs) kind of good.
0: Like, yeah, Uh, like uh, I just have these opinions where people are like, "Oh, it's just it's a southern chain. It must be awful." And southern food's terrible, and you know, whatever. No, some of this stuff is like perfectly good, and even more than that. And it doesn't have to be fine dining all the time. Sometimes you just want to go at three a.m. hammered, uh, you know, and get some
1: waffles and.
0: And hash browns, and... Honestly, the coffee's pretty good. It's not the best... Uh,
1: I mean, the coffee... It, its te- I think it's I think it's personally terrible coffee, but it's not like you go there for the coffee. <laughs> no,
0: the the coffee the kind coffee of is, slaps you around.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the coffee's just there to slap you around. It's not there to be like, ooh, this is a, a premium roast Berlin from Colombia. It's just like, no, it's just... They could they could have passed it through... It could be the residue left from an oil change. That's but fine. It's, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's for three o'clock in the morning. I'm sure it is because they're open 24 hours a day. And everyone's heard about
0: the the FEMA unofficial FEMA scale of you know check call Waffle Houses in the area depending on what menu they're on that shows you how bad everything is.
1: Waffle- yes, I, this actually happened to us during the blizzard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Waffle House also maintains food trucks. You Whoa. can you can either cater events with them, <laughs> so yes, you can have a you could have a Waffle House food truck say cater your wedding, um, or wow, right, or they send them to areas hit by hurricanes and other natural disasters. Oh. Yeah, uh, after I think it was Hurricane Michael, which hit the Panhandle and just absolutely smeared Panama City off the face of the earth, the Waffle House food trucks were on site and they feed people for free.
1: Oh, yeah. How lovely. Yeah. So basically what we need to do is we need to have a counter video of people like us going up to New York and be like, oh, we're going to try Sabaro because that's what New York food's like.
0: In a, in a related way, there is, I forget where, where it was hosted, who it was written for, but it was basically a New Yorker goes to the Midwest for the first time and is shocked it's not like the end of the world. And it's just the most banal sort of like, you've never left New York City, have you? Like, wow, people are friendly. You know, things don't always run like exactly on time. Like, it's clean here. And it's like, yeah, it's just you really get out more. I'm surprised that
1: I, I guess that it must be a North Carolina thing because I didn't know that you guys pronounced uh, banal as banal.
0: I don't have great pronunciations
1: on stuff. Okay. <laughs> i thought it, i thought it was delightful anyway um cracker rolls fine just, just people let you new yorkers lay off of it you're not the you you're not the center of the universe i mean you are the center of the universe for a couple of things but not everything yeah. but finally this it's, story hey, look it's fine it's fine charlotte's the number two financial uh city in the country
0: we're coming for you uh
1: but you know what charlotte doesn't have sharks a river Oh that too. Uh, I mean well well that well well yeah, I mean that would that also inhibits your ability to have sharks. Sure. But this is such a good news story. I couldn't let it pass by. From the hill. Sharks spotted in famous river that runs through London. Woo! I mean, you could have just, just said you could just hit the Thames, but that's okay. Um so that's significant because fun fact uh, the Thames river was declared biologically dead in 1957 due to high levels of pollution
0: oh my god
1: there was nothing living in this body of water and then people started thinking maybe we should clean it up a little bit because having a river that's just sludge it was actually the Thames used to be used to be called the great the i think it's i think it was called the great stink or the big stink mm. because it was just all the sludge in the universe just ran through it and then finally people who had some environmental sense went maybe this isn't such a good idea so 64 years later it uh, sustains an ecosystem now of 115 species of fish and 92 species of bird huh this is in one of the largest cities in the world That is that clean and it is now home to three species of shark the taupe the Oh my goodness, these are British. The Sterry smooth hound and the spur dog. Those
0: aren't real.
1: They <laughs> apparently are real. Those are
0: make em up shark species.
1: It's it's in the State of the Thames report, you which sure is they, great. I love it. like sure that. St- like
0: you sure they don't have like a skinity bop or a
1: I don't know, but the Tope shark can grow up to six feet long. What? Yes.
0: How have I never heard about this? this? Is...
1: It is. It's a thing, apparently. It's, uh, uh, which makes them now, which makes the Thames actually dangerous for people <laughs> in a completely different way. Cause one, the fir- in, in the first instance, it was biologically dead, so you could probably just incinerate yourself by jumping into the Thames, but now you can be attacked by sharks if you're super aggressive towards the sharks. So, don't jump into the Thames. There are sharks there now.
0: Huh. There's never been any record of an unprovoked taupe attack on humans.
1: Oh, that's good to know. So, don't you know what? you people out there, don't spite us by going out and instigating one. <laughs> Let's keep that record clean, okay? Well, I guess that's it for us the, for for this super episode, Morgan. How you feeling? I need a coffee.
0: <laughs> I need some I need <laughs> well, some waffle house coffee.
1: Well, Waffle House is open. <laughs> it is. They're not going to let me bring the dog, though. Uh, well, uh That's a problem. I wish they had a drive-thru. Cookout's open, and they do have a drive-thru.
0: Cookout's another one that Business Insider went to, and they're like, what do you mean it's so cheap? You can get get a double patty burger, uh, two sides, which your options also include, besides fries and onion rings, include quesadilla and corn dog. (laughs) And you can get a shake, a good-sized one, all of that will set you back about $6. bucks. How
1: is that $6? Because
0: these and these places are open from about 10 or 11 a.m. until 2 or 3 in the morning. Oh, that's why. No, There's no sit-in. They're almost always drive-through. There's the occasional one. I think they're starting Greensboro. There's the occasional one that has a dine-in option, which I would not trust. Mm. You're supposed to get it and leave and eat it
1: in your car. That's probably the best option.
0: No, they're fantastic. Absolute mainstays.
1: If I ever leave the <laughs> Actually, the area, that's what I'm going to miss the most. Well, there you go. Pour one out for Waffle House, everybody.
0: Hey, y'all. Morgan here. Give us a review on iTunes for the show. It's the classic way to help podcasts that you enjoy to get more listeners. Otherwise, the show will languish in obscurity, and you wouldn't want that to happen to old Uncle Good Faith Pod, would you? We've already got one it's five stars from J. Jenna Jameson, quote, I enjoy this podcast. Carl and Morgan are fun to listen to, End quote. Well, Jenna, flattery flattery charges our batteries. Hey, do you have a story that we absolutely need to cover? Are you stuck in an Anne Randian apocalyptic world worried about socialist rain? Just want to complain about your neighbor that keeps putting their pizza boxes in the recycling bin when you know damn well that the whole batch is getting thrown out? You can email us at goodfaithpod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 980-263-9841. Really? Just why can't anybody fucking be normal on this website? Jesus Christ, why can't any of you people be normal? Why is it like this? All the time here on Twitch and Twitter, it's always just some goddamn communist and then somebody comes in and says, well actually, you know, slavery wasn't that bad. God,
1: just be normal. Please, be normal. Be one of these normal people you're gonna deal with in in everyday life who isn't out here just kinda, just trying to refight the Eastern Front, my God.